It's post-war New York City. There are three sailors that have shore leave, oh. and they are gonna go check out everything that there is to see in New York City on their 24-hour pass. Uh-huh. This movie stars Gene Kelly. Yes. This movie stars Frank Sinatra. Yes. And a third guy whose name escapes me because he was not as famous as either of them. <laughs> Kay, have you seen On the Town? I have not. So, another sun rises over fabulous and mighty Manhattan, where visitors by thousands seek out historical landmarks on its placid streets. People from out of town love its many quaint and secluded eating places. The big city's well-known hospitality to its guests is famous the world over. And particularly sailors on leave find intellectual freedom in its many cultural points of interest. And as this is a story of New York, we naturally begin it in Brooklyn. New York, New York, a wonderful town. The Bronx is up and the battery's down. The people ride in a hole in the ground. New York, New York, it's a wonderful town. Hello. Welcome back to K. Have You Seen? The movie podcast with hot takes on cold viewings. My name is Kyle. I'm Kari. And today we are discussing a movie that I saw one time prior to recording this podcast really? and revisiting it. Um, the movie, so two times in total. Two though, times right? in okay. total. I saw it once before recommending it for this podcast. And then while watching it thought, oh boy, what have I done? <gasps> No. Really? Okay. <laughs> but wow, uh, we will a, get quite into an that. impression for you, though. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, the movie is On the Town from 1949, starring Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and some other guy. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't realize there was going to be a third guy. I feel so bad for him. That's okay. You did a great job. Uh, whose actual name is not that important. But uh, at any rate, <laughs> so this is kind of an interesting scenario. We've had, I believe we've had one returning director prior to this, if I remember right, and that was Joe Wright. Oh. This is only the second time I think we've had a returning director, and it's a returning director duo. Yeah. Um, if you recall our classic Singing in the Rain episode, um, directed by Stanley Donen and Gene Kelly, this is another Kelly Donen joint. And in fact, the first movie that Stanley Donen ever directed. Wow. Um, a mere three years before directing one of the most beloved movies in the history of movies. Yep. Um, so this movie came out in 1949, based on a musical and ballet from 1944, uh, although most of the songs were changed, which caused Leonard Bernstein to boycott the movie oh. because of his songs got changed around and stuff. Um, fair, fair. But uh, anyway, yeah, so it's a musical. It's about three sailors having one 24-hour leave pass in New York City and getting into shenanigans. So Indeed. Yeah, that's pretty much the uh, the most basic explanation of this movie. Right. And we'll get into it more in depth. Before we do, though, I have to, I mean, of course I have to ask about your first mm -hmm. viewing. And then I have a follow-up question. Oh, okay, okay. So the first time I saw this movie was actually um, back in Pensacola before I moved to Atlanta. Pensacola, Florida has a, uh, uh, an old theater, an old, uh, like, stage theater, the Sanger on Palafox Street in downtown Pensacola, and they frequently will do like summer classic movie series and basically oh, okay. be like a uh, like a repertory movie house, and they'll show like Maltese Falcon and mm. Jaws and stuff like that, like big, like usually very recognizable titles. And so I remember one summer, of, well, this was probably like four years ago, um, this was one of the titles on 
the slate and it was only like five dollar tickets mm -hmm. and so i thought okay well this will be interesting it's a movie i know nothing about and i as opposed to going to see like gone with the wind or something where it's like even if you don't haven't seen it before you know something about it going right. in you've seen some piece of it somewhere on something like yeah yeah exactly and so like I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting, an interesting experience to me because most of the time with these old movies, they get picked up for something like this. I have some familiarity with it. Mm. I knew nothing about this. I knew not even New York, New York, the song. Nope. New York, New York. Yeah. Had okay. no idea. Had no idea that that was from this. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I went in cold, and I was like, I, I, I got a couple of minutes in, and I just found this movie so charming and so entertaining mm. and so weird. And that yeah. was the part that I forgot about it is that this is a weird movie in a lot of different ways yes lots of what lots and lots of ways i hope we talk about all of them because yeah there were so many moments that i was like oh oh interesting yep mm -hmm. there's a lot of choices being made in this movie <laughs> a lot of choices constant uh, choices yeah. um gotcha so just the charm of this old hollywood musical is the, the, the charm, strong feeling. The weirdness was the charm for me like mm -hmm. that was kind of the thing it wasn't like a um I don't really get that nostalgic for times that I've never experienced feeling before. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it was more like I'm curious about this piece of media and art existing at a certain time and being ostensibly perceived as a totally normal thing. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of movies from that time period where you can watch them today and be like, no, this feels kind of like I get that this, uh, this happened 75 years ago, but it's also kind of a relatable, normal thing, and it mm -hmm. all kind of makes sense. A lot of stuff about this movie just makes no goddamn sense. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was does harken back to Singing in the Rain because there is something about this specific genre. I mean, there's still... Sometimes musicals being made, not really that common. It did make me think of like, um, oh, what's the LA one that just came out? Oh, La La they Land. La La Land. Um, it, it, you see it now that like this is an established genre and sometimes they harken back. But even something like La La Land doesn't go all the way to like having the ballet interludes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which it has at least two. And like just all the, there's, it's such a specific formula to this genre that is, completely different than anything that gets made now. Yeah, and, and even, not even specific to the genre, like there are those things that are specific to the genre, but even for like, if you look at this movie side by side with Singing in the Rain, mm -hmm. it's like, and as we get into the plot, well, there's a lot of stuff that is just like, the tone is all over the place. Oh yeah. The, uh, the, the cultural like, touchstones are all over the place. Like the, the, um, one of the things that we will talk about a lot as this goes, as we go through, is that you get set up for this to be just kind of like, what you would expect from a musical in 1949 in the sense that it's all very like aw shucks very kind of wholesome and mm -hmm. like but then weird things happen where you're like oh my god this took a hard left turn from being like g-rated to like borderline r-rated content it gets quite racy for the time i had no idea they could even get away with like the amount of innuendo that is happening it, in that like <laughs> in a weird way it kind of reminded me of the same I assume that was a, a real a real thing because like Stanley Donan is an interesting character just like in general like he's kind of one of those guys who was always kind of like kind of like flirting with trouble in Hollywood mm -hmm. in a lot of ways and trying to like push content which doesn't seem like the type of thing that the director of Singing in the Rain was doing but like he was always kind of out he was kind of like a far out there mm -hmm. guy um, and if you've ever seen interviews with him from like the later years of his life it's very interesting the way he kind of talks about all this stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like in that sense, this was kind of maybe him kind of experimenting with, like, what he could get away with. 
Because I, 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 what I was going to say was I was reminded a little bit of the strategy in um, that we kind of all agreed upon when we talked about Taeguki, where mm -hmm. like the war movie, where at the beginning everything feels so sunshine and lollipops, mm -hmm. and then it gets it makes the extreme violence feel even more extreme by comparison. Right. And I feel like that kind of happened in this movie too. It's like the wholesome stuff at the beginning kind of lulls you into a false sense of security, and then boom, <laughs> like really aggressive, like. Uh, 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 sexual content going on in, in dialogue and like innuendo and stuff like that. It was really strange and like it felt even more intense because you're like, whoa, I thought I knew what movie I was in, yeah. but I was wrong. Yeah, we, I want to talk about the specific moments as we go through because I'm <laughs> like, I do feel like there's some moments fairly early on where you're just like, oh, like, okay, that's mm -hmm. what, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll go through in chronological yeah. order, but my follow-up question, Yes. so you went to New York for the first time Correct. a couple weeks ago, yes. how did this movie <laughs> inform your experience of New York? I think in more abstract ways than anything concrete, I think that like partly it was like, there's a, there's a running gag in this about being like locked into like a guidebook and locked into like what people tell you you should check out and stuff mm -hmm. like that, which I've experienced in other cities and definitely like any large city and especially New York City, all that kind of goes out the window as soon as you actually get to the, get on the ground. And it's like, there's so much going on. There's so much happening everywhere that it's like, it's kind of pointless to try to cram in everything. But at the same time, I did sort of have the same moment because I was only there for two days. I was on the mm -hmm. ground for two days, 48 hours. Twice and the amount twice these sailors the amount got. Time he's got. But there's that great moment at the beginning where like there's a montage of them doing like a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh well, their day is already gone. And then somebody says, well, it's it's it's, it's already nine thirty in the morning. Like, what and are we, we gonna are do? Wasting our day we're away. wasting our day away. And it's it's funny. Because, so um, when I was in New York, I did think about that uh, a little bit because I did have just the way that I was able to like manage my time on my first day when I didn't really have a whole lot scheduled. I was like, man, I've hit like six different tourist attractions in like a couple of hours so mm -hmm. um so in that sense I, like i say I, I think i thought about it more after the fact and i was like yeah i mean obviously lots changed in the city since 1949 too but it's uh um it, it was kind of funny to, to to think about it in that way of like okay i guess there it, there is something to be said for just like okay we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this but then at the end of the day it's like well you kind of your plans just have to be flexible too yeah i um, think new york also just is one of those it's like one of the only cities, I think, that the whole, like, you get off the plane, you get off the mm -hmm. boat and throw your arms you're wide right and you're right in the middle of New York City. Like, it's a, it is such a New York thing. Mm -hmm. it, that's totally unlike, you know, you don't get that going to yeah. Chicago, even London mm -hmm. or anywhere. It's just New York is, there's something grand about being in New York and you feel like you're tapping into it when you're visiting and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't I, know if you were feeling yeah. that spirit like a little uh, bit. I, our I, sailors are. I, I think in that sense, like New York does have, I mean, for American cities at the very least, but like uh, the world as well, I think that New York is like one of the few cities that has like, everyone, not everyone has the same image or perception of New York, but I think everyone has a specific perception mm -hmm. of New York, whether they've been there or not. Like, everybody has a specific idea of what this place is going to be like. Mm -hmm. And those those specific perceptions are all correct <laughs> because there is so much going on, as we've established. So, yeah, I, I think that is... Um, I, I think you're, you're spot on with that. Like, it's, it's one of the places when you arrive, you're like, okay, I am here. Right. It's like... I'm tapping into it. Right, like like, yeah. I, I did not arrive by ship, obviously, but, like, I did take the tr the Long Island Railroad into Penn Station from yeah. the airport, and so literally the first thing I saw when I got out of 
the subway tunnel at Penn Station was the Empire State Building, mm -hmm. and I was underneath Madison Square Garden. Right. So it's like that's two landmarks instantly as soon as I, as soon as I could see daylight, you know. Right. And they they go to Madison Square Park in I believe they do the yeah. movie, and it mm -hmm. looks very similar. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah, surrounded crazy. by hundred year old buildings, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so my first impression, I loved it. Good. It's, it's not, it doesn't live up to Singing in the Rain. Oh, no, no, no. I not have certain things that didn't sit well for me. Actually, the one thing, I didn't love the music. No, the music is not that good. It's not that good. There's something like just very disparate and like yeah. the melodies don't really make sense. They yes. don't give you anything to like latch on to, which... I don't, I would have boycotted it too, to be honest. Like if they changed my songs like that, I, it just was, I, I'm not that familiar with the musical. I've never seen the musical. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, there was, especially, there was like a couple of songs that I was just like, I don't, I don't know where. Yeah, what is this? Like singing in the rain, New York, New York, like they give you something to like, you, yeah. you can remember the melody, but I can't even remember some of those songs because there was nothing like, Populist about them. There was nothing yeah. like that. You can just be like, ah, oh, yep, got it. Got the melody. Got the general direction of the lyrics. Mm -hmm. Here's like the hook. Whatever. It's totally the one where they're like in the car. I. Which I we, was, yeah, we'll get to it. But yeah, we'll like get the, to it, but but I, the music I completely was weird. agree. I completely agree. Like, it was a slog getting through most of the songs. I think that there were a handful of the musical numbers that I was like, oh, this is really good. Mm -hmm. By and large, no, I do not care for the music in this movie. Which is crazy because like. New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. Like that from is... That's from the original musical, though. Right. That one is from the original. Okay. That makes sense. Although the, they did change one. Hell of a to Wonderful yes, for the they film did, yeah. I read. So. Too, too, racy, too racy for movie-going audiences, hmm. apparently. Which, well, again, the production we'll code into. was a very strange <laughs> yeah. document of, of rules. We're all over the place. But um, it is just like, it's charming in, you know, that, that old Hollywood musical mm -hmm. way. It's got all those beats. It's got, I think... Where did I see? Oh, I think at the beginning maybe they list the songs or something. I somewhere I saw it was like ballet interlude, and I was like, mm. oh, good, like yeah, we're gonna right. have one of these. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and just I mean, Gene Kelly, to be honest, may be the most handsome man on the face of the earth. Agreed, ever. 100%, like, percent. Yeah, just, and I love his dance. Like it's, oh, it's one of those things that just like this was probably like. Maybe not the most like masculine man that may, that might not have ever been his brand, but like that was a male movie star, and mm -hmm. you just don't like he almost is like the Channing Tatum of that day. Like, Very he much can so, dance, yeah, totally. You'd be romantic. He can be, be kind funny. of guys guy, yeah, and yeah, because like Channing Tatum today is like mm -hmm. one of the only people that you would really buy in a musical. And in a G.I. Joe movie. Right. And in a broad comedy with uh, 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 Jonah Hill. Right. Like, and it's not like you ever threat. question, like, oh, like he's a star for like girls or whatever. Like, right. He's not yeah. a Ryan Gosling where it's like, girls love Ryan yeah. Gosling, but guys don't. Like, well, it's interesting he's... because he and Sinatra are both, both two very interesting and distinct versions of that exact same type yeah. of brand. They're like two sides of the same coin. And it's very interesting because at this point... Gene Kelly had been in the game for a little while, but I think mm -hmm. this might have been Sinatra's first movie, at least definitely, at least his first starring role. Yeah, I was and he went at on, that. And he went on to be a, a very well acclaimed actor as well as a musician. Like he was never as popular as an actor as a music, but as a musician. But like, he was in some really good movies and had some really good parts. Yeah. And um, it's so interesting. I feel like he is badly miscast in this role. 
But I do think it's really interesting to see him and Gene Kelly essentially trying to jockey for kind of the same position. Right. In They're the, both kind of the rube, like, you yeah. know, young, naive, ready to fall in love. Like, I, I, I know that people just in the 40s, like, I've always heard that it's because like people that grew up in the, the depression and the war years, they always like, they live like a harder youth, and so like, but these guys all look like they're forty years old, mm. and they're I guess supposed to be playing like twenty one or something. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I mean Frank Sinatra, like you know, that's not the Frank Sinatra from my head. So no. I thought he looked so young. But yeah, that is true. Yeah, I, it's one of his earlier roles. I think he's had a couple before that, but I just never remembered him as an actor. I had no idea he was in this many movies. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, okay. And he really was. And in Guys and Dolls, which is one mm -hmm. that I actually haven't seen either. But it is very much in this class of how I remember, Sure. you know, the general gist of the movie. But yeah, yeah I, I, it was, that's another place where the tone, I was like, I totally didn't get exactly what... Frank Sinatra's character was supposed to be. <laughs> I think that, like, it takes you a while, because even at that time, that was, like, casting, I don't know, at that stage, that would have been, like, casting Justin Bieber in a movie. Oh, yeah. Because okay. somebody who had been a, like, teen heartthrob idol, mm -hmm. and but it was past that stage, was kind of trying to transition to a more adult phase of their career. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, another good example of yeah. that, but Bieber is, like, the one where I'm, like, sure. he's been popular since, like, he was 12 or mm -hmm. whatever, and um, now it's, like, he's becoming a more, like, less, like, teeny bopper, more adult type of musician. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where where Frank Sinatra was at this point in his career. He was just starting to get into that more, like, um, I guess what at the time you would call adult contemporary as opposed to pop music. Right. I didn't realize he had been famous so young. Mm -hmm. I don't know a ton about him. But, yeah, because, I'm again, you know, this was, you know, whatever, 70, 80 years yeah. ago at this yeah. point. So the Frank Sinatra in my head is... Like probably. that 60s Rat Pack Frank yeah, Sinatra, exactly, probably. Yeah, exactly. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I had no idea about his early career, and it's kind of wild to see him this young and this, like, yeah. just fresh right out right <laughs> out the gate. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Gene Kelly and our Singing in the Rain. We, I mean, obviously we talked a lot about him, but, like, I definitely think that you're, you're right on it with, like, the way he, like, what he brings to this, like, to you know, the song and dance man kind of, mm -hmm. like, movie star. Obviously, it was, like, one of the last, like, true, like, song and dance man movie stars. Like, Fred Astaire had a very different type of persona. And, mm -hmm. like, from the research that I've done about Gene Kelly, because I, I find him a very interesting character. And, totally. like, you know, obviously we talked about how he was just this really strict, like, imperious type of, like, partner and, like, lead, and director of, mm -hmm. like, dance routines and things like that. Um, and, like, he very much was focused on, like, he was very conscious of trying to bring athleticism into dance and like making it very obvious as opposed to like more of the other, like the kind of like masculine athleticism than like the, the gracefulness. But he is a very mm -hmm. graceful dancer still, but he's, he's really consciously aware of like trying to make audiences view dance at, you know, basically trying to make men not afraid of, of, of musicals and trying to like make it, uh, he was very adamant about trying to minimize the reputation that dances for sissies among boys because mm -hmm. he wanted he thought that he that this was something that like more boys should participate in in, in dance and he was you know he he tried to kind of bring that out in his performance and I think that it I, I do think it comes across and it's a little bit interesting how like the differences in like the style that he brings to this movie as opposed to in Singing in the Rain just like how he kind of expresses the difference in character in mm -hmm. his dance sometimes. I thought I thought it was kind of cool. Although there are some like movements that I was just like, 
Yep, that's he does. What is the like? There's like a wave and then walk with your arms swinging thing that like is just it's like the wave and walk and his signature move. It's yeah. his signature move. That's funny. But everything you're saying about the athleticism and this dance as as more than just an art form, but like this kind of masculine athleticism. Mm -hmm. um, Vera Ellen is a great partner for him, yes, I think, in absolutely. that because she is like I mean I recognized her from uh, White Christmas, yes. of course, mm -hmm. but she is. So she's such a talented dancer, and I remember hearing from White Christmas like they dubbed all her singing in that movie. She mm -hmm. couldn't sing at all, but they still cast her in that role because she was such a fantastic dancer. Mm -hmm. She's gorgeous, and something her dancing is so like so far above kind of the normal ability of any human. Her flexibility, her just general like she's very petite. She has this mm -hmm. tiny waist, so she has this kind of ideal dancer form and the things that she can do are hugely athletic but also very graceful and yeah. very gorgeous but it takes it almost into this level of like gymnastics mm -hmm. with her dancing so they they do balance each other very well because they both have a very kind of athletic and not just like pretty turns and pretty mm -hmm. you know pas de deux style but very like I don't even know how else to describe it besides athletic. There's just there's just a high level of ability mm -hmm. that both of them have and bring and brought to their dancing with yeah. each other as well. And I, I knew that like because of your background in dance that you were going to see all this kind of stuff. But I thought that you know as something with very little, practically zero actual knowledge about like dance and form and things like that, I found it very interesting that even I was able to kind of pick out like oh they're really doing things in dance that are reflective of like character beats and of like narrative, you know, things that, especially in the Miss Turnstiles number, which I definitely want to spend mm -hmm. some time talking about. So um, before we get too, too deep into the weeds on all this business, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and jump straight into the plot walkthrough. Let's, yes. 20 minutes Start in, let's off. dive <laughs> right in. Um, all right, so this movie starts at 6 o'clock in the morning on uh, the 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock? 5.59, I believe. 5.59 a.m. Mm -hmm. with those really cool, like, early digital numbers on the bottom of the mm -hmm. screen. I thought that was an yeah. interesting, like, optical effect. Um, on the docks at the New York City Navy Yard, and a uh, very sleepy dock worker is singing us into the fact that it is first thing in the morning. And Too then early to at be the, working. At the strike of 6 a.m., a bunch of rowdy sailors jump off a ship onto the dock and split. New York, New York. Um, and it's like, it's, it's, it's off to the races, basically. They got a 24-hour pass. And they're going to make the most of it. So and they want to meet girls. They want to meet girls as all fine young sailors <laughs> been on a ship yep. for four months would probably want to do as well. Um, so, yeah. So we're introduced to our three main characters who are... Let me get their names. I just know them as Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and that other and guy. And the other guy, Ozzy, yeah, Gaby, 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 Chip, and Ozzy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Gaby is uh, Gene Kelly... Chip, the uh, sightseeing dork, is uh, uh, Frank Sinatra, and then Ozzy is the other guy. The other um, guy. Oof. I just, oh, I, I felt feel so bad for him. I was like, dang, like. Sandwiched uh, between two, like, icons. Honestly. Terrible. Like, oh, but he did a good job. He held his own. He's also very tall, so it's not like <laughs> he totally was forgettable, but. Exactly, um, yeah. So they are seeing their way through New York City. They're trying to see all the sights, and they come very close to accomplishing that goal right away. 
Um, I will say one thing just for a bit of context here. This movie felt a little bit like Ferris Bueller's Day Off in a way. That's where I thought it was going. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of departed from that. I guess we didn't totally. It's the sanctioned day off. Like It is literally one day off. They have right. the day off. It's the day romp, like the romp yeah. in New York, mm -hmm. um, which I guess, yeah, Ferris Bueller's romp in Chicago. It mm -hmm. is very, very similar, but there's a lot less kind of them getting into shenanigans. I guess They're we not... start really early with the shenanigans, and then it's kind of a romance mm -hmm. from then on. Yeah, exactly. And um, and that was the other thing that we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more when we get it. It's like, the midpoint of this movie feels like the end of the movie, and then it just keeps on going mm -hmm. for a while, which I found kind of interesting. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, so they're they're seeing all the sights and having horse chases through Central Park, I guess. I wasn't really clear oh, yeah. on that part. Um, I guess you could have rented just, like, straight-up horses, not carriages. Like, right. now you can yeah. rent a carriage for, like, you know, $85 for 15 right, minutes. Right, yeah. But... Back then, I guess you could just ride yeah. three horses. Oh, through. but before before that, we get the great line from the dock worker. What can happen in one day? What do you think you're going to do? And they're like, why everything, of course. Ha-ha. <laughs> I'll show you in the next 90 <laughs> minutes. Um, yeah, and uh, it's 9.30 already. Yeah. The day's practically over with. Um, and then we launch right into launch their real goal. Of let's meet some girls. Yeah. And then Frank Sinatra, of all people, which I found hilarious in hindsight, was the one be like, oh, come on, can't we just see more landmarks and stuff? <laughs> he has a schedule of like every 15 minutes they're seeing some totally different landmark yeah. and museum. And no, his friends want to meet girls. Not mm -hmm, for Chip. Mm -hmm. he's, he's a wholesome boy. Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> Frank Sinatra, wholesome boy. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there was also that there was also that great line like uh, uh, I think I think Chip is the one that asks uh, Chip is the one that asks Gabe. So Frank Sinatra I think is the one that asks Gene Kelly, "Who do you have waiting in New York?" Ava Gardner, who I'm pretty sure Frank Sinatra was dating Ava Gardner at the time. I'm not uh. positive. Um, but anyway, so they get on the subway because they are going to another site, and they jump on the subway and they see the poster of. Miss Turnstiles, just a Turnstiles. just a lucky girl from the subway who gets to be the spokesmodel for the New York subway system for a right. month, I guess. Which Gaby the Rube from Indiana thinks me she's a real celebrity because if yeah. you get your face on the subway, then uh, which is it's funny you've made it big. They characterize Gaby as being like having cultivated this reputation for himself as being like this super ladies man, but it's yeah. like also like anytime like details come up, he's like uh 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 I don't know. Yeah, he's like totally awkward, but I guess he's very starstruck by the New York thing. I'm sure it's yeah. supposed to be a little bit of big talk, too. Oh, for like, sure, for oh, sure. Oh, the girls back in, what is it, Meadowville? Meadow, uh, Meadowville, Indiana, I think is yeah. what they call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was that great moment also before they get on the subway where they're asking for directions and, like, the noise of the subway, like, <laughs> muffles all, like, everything that comes out of somebody's mouth. And so, like, all right, well, let's just get on and see where we end up. Which is the whole thing is, like, they're asking for, like, is this the train uptown mm -hmm. or downtown? One of them. Yeah. And it's, like... Probably, like, he, there's only two there's ways only two for the most part. <laughs> I, the answer to that question would have been, no, you're on the wrong platform, you have to leave. Right. Like, it, it's easy, but you're on the wrong platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay, and so then we get to the Miss Turnstiles thing, which Gaby immediately has a huge crush on Miss Turnstiles. Very easy to see why. She is adorable. That's a great photo. Mm -hmm. um, and There's a whole dance montage about who she is. Which is great. That is probably my favorite so favorite musical moment of the entire... The favorite musical sequence of the entire movie is yeah. that one. And it's not a song and dance number. It's just like a fantasy sequence. It's like a, a thing of like imagining what this woman's life is like. 
obviously very stylized, but it's in that very like early music video-y kind of style yeah. that we talked about with Singing in the Rain. And it's an effective dance break. Like, it makes sense. We'll talk about, because there's one more at the end that is that more traditional like ballet interlude, yeah. and I want to talk about that, but this like thematically, it's almost like a flashback yeah. or like a cutscene, but instead it's this like, yeah, very stylized, kind of out of time and place mm -hmm. dance yeah. about who she is and what she does. And she's athletic, but she's a dancer and mm -hmm. she's like boxing. And, and it's great. I, 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 as that sequence went on, I instantly developed a gigantic crush on Vera Ellen because she is the best. She and is like gorgeous. And, and her waist is literally like three inches in diameter. And she's so good. Like the physical comedy of it, even like in the, the towards the end when they're doing the, the athletics part, when they're mm -hmm. just doing like, it was adorable for yeah. one thing. Like the whole like, the whole like running in place thing and like winning and like the like, you know, championship business and, and like punching, like getting in like punching like 15 guys into a pile. I was like, this is the best. This is like the best thing I've ever seen. And that dance fight choreography was really impressive. Like yeah. they're never, you can tell they never connect. They're never supposed to right. look like they connect, but it's still so totally in sync that yeah. you could have believed that they, and you know that like, that still would have been really mm -hmm. like you have to be so on your time and mm -hmm. on your mark mm -hmm. to not actually kick that guy and it was yeah and oh my god the male dancers too like there was that one section where she's like kicking the guy and he's like doing like a basically a torchette yes. like he's flinging his legs behind him and turning around and she's like kicking him over and over and he's doing over and over yeah. and over and the backflips and the like, oh, it's just crazy. Like that one sequence overall, like it just builds and builds and builds and it's all like so perfectly on, like the, it, it projects the exact tone and it's like very true to what it feels like when you instantly have a crush on somebody. It's right. like everything about them is perfect, they're awesome, they're good at everything. You filled out their entire life, you already know exactly, like, exactly yeah, who yeah. they are. I also, this was like the first moment where I was like, you know, this may be a fairly feminist movie. Cause they have, it felt to me, and this mm -hmm. could just be me making up subtext, but there's the moment about like, oh, she's domestic but she loves going on the town. It yeah. was like this very like, she's everything. She wants to be at home with you and cook you meals, but she's also great arm candy. And like all of these things that like one human being just can't possibly check all right. of these boxes. And it felt very like tongue in cheek and <laughs> like it was aware of the fact that we're building up this woman to be this thing that like is impossible. What was so funny to me was that like, all these things that are like obviously just like this unattainable uh, uh, combination of factors, and then it like it it ends with she's also a great athlete. That's like well, obviously, and that's apparent. We can see it in action yeah. here. She is very clearly in real life a phenomenal athlete. Yeah, she's yep, yeah, outer space. It's great stuff. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's an excellent little little number. And if you watch nothing else from this movie, I highly recommend you pull this up on YouTube. The Miss Turnstiles number with Vera Allen is. Highly, highly entertaining. It's so good. Um, wish the whole movie was like that. Um, but as it, as it is, um, there and then when it ends, there's that great line where uh, 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 like Frank Sinatra says something about like I like like I don't get it, and then <laughs> and then Gene Kelly says, "I'll tell you when your voice changes, Junior," <laughs> which is hilarious to me also because Frank Sinatra looks like he's 40 years old in this movie. <laughs> Um, all right, so they get out of the subway station and they jump into a cab driven by Hildy. Hildy, 
game, favorite character. Game-changing performance in this movie. Amazing. Um, this character, Hildy, the cab driver. Um, Spots Chip from a mile away. Absolutely. Which, this was the part that starts to feel more like, okay, real life. That is what happened. That that was Frank Sinatra's real life. And oh, it's like, sure, yeah. Um, even at this point in his life, uh, at this point in his career, and there's that one part where um, this is where it kind of starts to be like obvious that this is kind of adapted from something that was that came out during the war, and this is like the post-war period when they say, "Hey, what are you doing, still driving the cab?" Well, the war is over. It's oh, like because yeah. women weren't driving cabs after the war; it just <laughs> stopped after 1945. Um, so that was like a little bit of hand waving, I guess, mm -hmm. in there, which I thought was funny. But then her response is great, which she says, I never give up anything I like, and then yeah. like immediately strips Frank Sinatra down to down to the skin with her eyeballs. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. All of the like just they they do such a good job of like flipping that male, female, mm -hmm. like what you would expect from a movie made in the nineteen forties. Sure. Yeah. Like the female characters Except for Ivy and Gaby, like that's supposed to be kind of the like the relationship we believe in. Yeah. But um, we'll get to Claire too. But they do. It's just like the women really like give it to them. They are these are some women who know what they want, and they happen to be these yeah. three dummies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it felt it felt pretty real. And the part that did not feel real was Frank Sinatra acting like he was too thick to understand what was going on. Yeah, and uh, that. I that whole arc did not make any sense because he's like no. doesn't understand what's going on, does not seem interested, and then we'll talk about the rest yeah. of it later. But like, I don't understand how we're supposed to make that switch. Yeah. But what I really liked that seemed totally impossible was the uh, cab choreography that mm -hmm. was going on. Mm -hmm. There's that moment where they're pacing back and forth, and she's following them with the cab. Yep. She's like. A little bit forward, a little bit back, and just... It's good they, stuff. Uh, the car was, stuff in this movie is surprisingly good, which there's a so great good. bit later on that we'll we'll definitely get into, but like, I wanna, the car stuff yeah. in this in this movie is actually not bad. Um, Hildy's a great cab driver. What great cab say? driver, yeah. Um, and at this point, they decide to engage in what I called advanced stalking. Yeah. Um, trying to track down this, this poor Ivy Smith woman. Um, but it's adorable in this movie. It's not adorable in real life. Um, right. And so they decide to uh, check out the museum, which I assume was intended to be the Natural History Museum. I don't think they actually name-dropped it. Okay, I thought they did at one point, maybe, but yeah, it's essentially supposed to be in the yeah. Natural History um, And then we end up with uh, Chekhov's dinosaur skeleton, of course. <laughs> The rule that if you see a dinosaur skeleton at the beginning of a scene, it has to collapse by the end of the scene. <laughs> um, and they find uh, uh, the quote-unquote purely scientific, uh, cold and calculating scientist, Claire. Oh my god, I'm a cold-blooded scientist. I was like, I'm going to start saying that from now cold -blooded on. Cold-blooded scientist, yeah. Um, who apparently is just like a, a, a caveman trigger, I guess. is just like, that's just like the flip. Like, oh my god, you look just like a Neanderthal, so... That's another, I don't, I needed more character motivation. I needed them to telegraph to me a little bit because I was like, is she really a hot-blooded scientist? Well, she's just, that's, because she said her like uncle or whatever made her well, the study science. The implication was that she was so into chasing boys that the professor was like, you need to do some anthropological research to distract yourself right. from chasing boys. Which is some clever redirection. Like, okay, because was it her uncle, her dad, whatever? Something like, like that. I think it was like her uncle, I guess. He was like a professor or something and he... He says, yeah, you're chasing boys so much. Let's redirect that to be an interest in humanity. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you study them, they won't be quite so interesting to you right. because you'll understand the mechanics. <laughs> and apparently that doesn't work at all because Not now all. she just has a caveman thing. <laughs> Yeah. Lucky for our Aussie, he looks just, just like, like a caveman. A, caveman. <laughs> a prehistoric man 
we don't need to spend a whole lot of time talking about this because it is problematic as hell. Yes. This uh, this this musical number is where I was like, oh boy, yeah, your 1949 is really showing. Yeah. There were moments where I was like, okay, we could have gotten away with that. Like, I think anything Neanderthal we probably of could course, get away of with, course. right? I think the biggest issue that the I had was the idea that all of this prehistoric man stuff was like, all of the like probably not prehistoric artifacts were being very clearly equated to prehistoric man, right? And I think that was the all the biggest problem. Like all of like the weird like grunting and faces could have been fine if they weren't also using artifacts that were probably recovered from like I don't know twenty years prior to this. Right, and yeah, that's definitely <laughs> that's where you. There were moments I was like, okay, over the line. Not over the line, because ostensibly they're singing about prehistoric man. Yes, but they, yes, yes, they are appropriating like Native American art and like me, indigenous culture. Let's put it this way: if you redid that musical number today, you could get away with the song and change almost nothing, mm -hmm. but you would have to completely overhaul the art direction of the <laughs> of what's happening here. Yes, which it was a great dance. Like it was, it was not bad at all. It was very dynamic good. and interesting. And yeah, if you could change out all those artifacts to uh -huh. something not problematic. I would I would say keep it, but yeah, yeah the, you'd have to. Like, I mean, the song is pretty good. It's like the music is really clumsy, but the lyrics are like full of these really funny like double entendres throughout, yes. which was pretty good. Um, all these like digs at like modernity, which I thought was like there's like some like making weird like references to like psychotherapy and stuff like that. I was like, oh, okay, all right. That's what we did in the forties. Yeah, everyone's thinking about Freud. So I guess. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I guess Clara's thing is that she is looking for a guy who is unhindered by uh, uh, any kind of modern medical faculties, I guess. Yeah. Or, or, uh, None of the hang-ups we uh, yeah. modern people have. Um, basically just a big stupid lug. Um, which, hey, that's a type, I guess. Yep. Um, she knows what she wants. Yeah. So Claire's now along for the ride. And the chase continues. Mm -hmm. um, more museums and let's split up. Yep. They, Classic. They pull, pull the Scooby-Doo. Yep. Which is the moment that they're like, you? I think what we're supposed to get is the friends who have been like, yeah, 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 no matter what, we're going to stick with you, we're mm -hmm, going to help you find mm -hmm. your girl, are like, wait a minute, now we have girls, we don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, that's exactly, like, that is the very overt subtext of their conversation. But like, what the heck happened uh... to Chip? He was trying to lose this girl the whole yeah, time. Yeah, that didn't really track. Uh, I was kind of stupid. Like, Ozzy, yeah, I, guess... I get it. He, he's like, all right, let's split up. Right, oh, he wanted Claire yeah. before she realized he looked like a big, stupid, prehistoric man. Yeah, but exactly. I guess I guess Chip had a change of heart on Hildy, which, I mean, how could you not? She's charming. But, of course, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Chip is just the most... Is he clueless or is he just like, what's his deal? What's his I deal? thought he wasn't into it. Okay, at the beginning, a little clueless, then wasn't into it, yeah. then suddenly was into it, then like kind of wasn't into it, mm -hmm. then was into it, yeah. then after the fact wasn't that into it, and then was into it. Mm -hmm. I, yep. So they're in the cab. Uh, at this point, it's just Hildy and Chip, and uh, they get into the My Place number, which is, again, a pretty oh. clumsy song. I think that was the worst one it's for me. It's a bad me. one. I just, it's a bad one. It's got all these like repetitions that are like mm -hmm. felt overdone and just yeah no kind of like resolution of harmony or anything like no like it just felt like noise it was a failed experiment it was a failed yeah. experiment we'll call it that um and so finally chip relents and they go back to hildy's apartment which at this point i started to think like okay wait a minute maybe he is into it but he's just putting his he's giving a higher priority to his sightseeing he's like yes 
I do want to go back to your place, but first sightseeing. But I want to see the, I don't even recognize the, most of well, the things. The Hippodrome, which Hippodrome. she says was torn down in 1935. Right. All his guidebook, it's a whole joke about how his guidebook is from his, his grandfather, grandfather gave a in 1905. <laughs> that was kind of funny. And none of those are still there. It was a good gag. It was funny. It just, oh, that song. Yeah, but, I, I just love that idea of like, because you know, one, you, you ever go to like a thrift store or like a library or wherever and they've got like old like Zagat tour guide books mm -hmm. from like 1984 or whatever. And it's like, if I look in this, probably 90% of the stuff does not exist anymore. Yeah, demolished. Yeah. Well, yeah, back to, like, is he into it, though? Like, I feel like at this point you have to just be like, oh, he must be, because it gets real uncomfortable if not. <laughs> like, she is too persistent if he is not into it, so he must yeah. have... He's playing coy or something. I don't know. We have to yeah, do some gymnastics there. It, 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 it's funny because, like, if the gender roles were reversed, it would be very clear, like, this is not okay. Not you need to cool. stop. You and it's not stop. okay here either, but... <laughs> He, uh, the way the character resolves, it yeah. must be okay. They go, they go back he to the apartment. They go back to the apartment, and then it's like, finally, it's like, he gets talked into it, but when he gets talked into it, he's like, all right, fine, and then, boom, smash cut to next scene. Yeah. yeah, making out. Smash cut to just wherever else. Uh, now we're at the Symphonic Hall, though, where uh, Gaby is, uh, again, achieving his uh, advanced stalking. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? We did have to introduce a character in Holly's uh, apartment, yes. though, that comes back. Her roommate, that I totally do not remember oh, her name. Oh, gosh, what was her name? She has got a terror. Oh, Lucy... Schmieler. 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 Also, what neighborhood do you think they live in? Maybe, oh, I don't gosh. know. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I, New York I, I, I don't but know. But, like, at this point, were they in Manhattan still? Or are Probably. these the I, people that are still, like, they're living um, out in Brooklyn, Queens? I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, in the 40s, two two single women might be able to afford a Greenwich Village apartment in the yeah. 40s. I'm it looks not like sure. a little townhouse, too, like a brownstone yeah. or something. It's got a little house. But... Whatever, in the 40s, maybe they're in Manhattan. Um, I, I, feel yeah, like, I feel like in New York City, like, the neighborhoods that are okay and terrible shift back and forth wildly based oh, on, like, what yeah. decade <laughs> it is. And I feel like since 1949, wherever they are has probably gone from okay to terrible to good to terrible to extremely expensive. It's so expensive now. So many times. Wherever they're living now, back then, is currently <laughs> yeah. unattainable. Yeah. Um, they're, okay, so her roommate, Lucy Schmieler, Lucy Schmieler, is uh, sick with cold. She stayed mm -hmm. home from work, which is, of course, very unfortunate for Hildy and Chip. Um, but she does come back later. So Hildy sends her off into the world to get her out of the apartment. But she is established to be apparently obnoxious. And I guess we're supposed oh, to get you very that, unattractive. Do you, think, do you think that she was coded as being obnoxious and unattractive? Like, what was your first clue? The obnoxious was obvious. The unattractive, I was like, oh, okay, I get Like, she was, I don't know. They will get into it later. Yeah, she comes back yeah. and they make a very big deal about how unappealing yeah. she looks, and it is a little much. It's a little much. It's a little much. Um, Symphonic Hall, Symphonic though. Hall. So we arrive at the Symphonic Hall where Gaby has finally tracked down Ivy Smith, who is um, uh, in the middle of her dance lessons, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, with her uh, alcoholic Russian dance teacher. And cruel for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely like that Wicked Stepmother vibe, although also like not going all the way with it for some reason. It's like her personality doesn't really match what she's actually like putting this poor woman through. Yeah, and I didn't understand, I didn't understand her involvement. So we establish in the scene, before Gaby actually, I you know, finds Ivy, they're both in the same building, but we see Ivy's little dance 
class or mm -hmm. her kind of private instruction with uh, Madame Dilyoska, Dilyoska, yeah. something Russian. Yes. Um, and Madame Dilyoska, 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 is basically telling her like, you have to go to work tonight because mm -hmm. you owe me money for my lessons. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to write a letter to your parents in Meadowville. What? What? Uh, saying that you're dancing, you're a, a coochie dancer, they call yeah. them, which unfamiliar <laughs> with the origins of that term because I was not totally sure what that job was until we finally see it at the end, of course. But I mean, she's... Uh, she's in the movie, she is a burlesque dancer, basically. Like, that is essentially what her job is. And I think that is they she... took that as far as they could in the movie oh, okay. at the time. Because she doesn't, like, take anything off. No, no. She's but I just, think like, that... she's at, like, a car, like, a circus. Yeah. She's at, like, Coney Island. So, like... Maybe literally. And yeah, literally. Dancing. She, is, she is dancing at Coney Island. And essentially what they would do is, like, just kind of skirt public indecency laws at the time. For, and they do this for years and years. Uh -huh. um, what they would do is essentially like they would have they would just have straight up burlesque shows, but they would like theme them to make them like just like one percent like culture quote unquote culturally educational, uh -huh. I guess. And that's where like these exotic themes came from because these are supposed to be like they're like oh no this isn't just like a like like a like a striptease. This is actually a very this is actually educational for like the type of entertainment that the Arab sheiks would perform uh, would would, okay. would put on and things like that, which gotcha. are doubly sexist and racist. Um, <laughs> but anyway, they um, so but yeah, she, so that's what she's doing. Right, yeah. and she her dance instructor is like, you have to go to work. Like, oh no, wait, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because well, yeah, because she doesn't reveal this until later. But essentially, like what's happening here is that. Ivy Smith, Miss Turnstiles, has entered into a kind of like a sharecropper agreement with this dance teacher where she needs money to pay the dance teacher for dance lessons, but in order to make that money, she has to dance in these burlesque shows. Does the dance instructor, this is my question, does she run the dance shows? I don't think so. I think she's just collecting on it because I think she's just like, you need to do this in order to pay me for the lessons to do. I, I, and but the lessons for what? Like, what, what, what are the lessons for at this point? Like, is she practicing to get good enough to dance professionally elsewhere? I'm not really She's clear, like being instructed at the symphonic hall. I can yeah. get that, like, you know, this probably gives her access to being in different, like, dance cores and stuff sure. like that. But why does the dance teacher care if she goes to that job? Like, I have no why, idea. Can't she no just idea. be like, well, you know, I actually am also a, a waitress, so I'll just make up the money right. tomorrow yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's what I didn't understand. Like, why she was like, you have to be there at 1130 to do this dance. And it's like, what do you care? It's not your dance organization. I don't know. You're not I making not money know. off that. I will uh, just say that she owns the, let's just say that she owns the dance troupe for the, for the Coney Island show. Fair enough. Fair Fine. enough. Fine. She's double dipping. She's yeah. got the symphonic hall dancers mm -hmm. and the Coney Island dancers. Yeah. Um... But anyhow, so Gaby arrives, and uh, in classic farcical fashion, there is a little bit of like trying to keep up the public image and hide the truth and keep a secret and all this kind of stuff. Um, and there's like a moment of them like kind of skirting, like trying to level with each other a little, little bit. But it does. It's like they're they're but they're both also still like posturing, you know, a little. You know, he's uh, he's from Meadowville. She's like, oh my god, are you from Meadowville? I mean, I've never heard of that place. What are you talking about? I'm a New York you local. You had misused. I, I was I, I I was birthed in this world, fully formed as an adult in New York City. What are you talking yeah. about? 
people from Meadowville have some kind of weird hang up about like celebrity and city people. <laughs> yeah. Like they both have this weird complex about like, oh no, city people must never ever be from the, you know, uh -huh. small towns. They must all be famous and exactly. blah, blah. like it's weird. Yeah, it's Meadowville funny. people. It's funny like anytime you talk to people that are like I've talked to a lot of people before because, like, they're you know we live in Atlanta, mm -hmm. and neither of us are from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like I run into people all the time where I'm like, oh, where are you from? It's like, oh, Atlanta, born and raised. I'm like, oh, really? In the city? And they're like, no, like Tucker. And I'm like, that's not. <laughs> well, that's close, is, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing with Atlanta is though, there's not a lot of other places around here unless, like, if you live in Atlanta, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can say like, oh yeah, I'm from like Forsyth County. I'm right. from Tucker. I'm from Lawrenceville. Whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you meet anyone outside of Georgia, right. or even at, well, yeah, outside of Georgia, they're not going to know anything. Right. Like, yeah. you, that's a big state. Basically, Atlanta is equivalent to Georgia. Sure. So, you say you're from Atlanta. As long as you're within, like, you know, an hour's drive. Otherwise, right, you yeah. say, like, South Georgia. Sure. Or North Georgia or whatever. So, that I get as, like, a, it's not so much a, like, shame of your small town. It's, right here. Your mic just died. Oh, it's battery. Uh-oh. Um, do you have one? I did. Where'd it go? No! I'll just cannibalize these. Thank Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. We're back. Okay. All right. Um, so, am I good? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Um, so that I get, it's not like a shame of your small town thing. Yeah. It's more of a like, how short of a time will it take me to get this person to understand fair, what fair. I'm saying? I was talking more about when I meet people inside of Atlanta, oh, in the city of Atlanta, and people okay. are like, oh yeah, Atlanta born and raised. I was like, really? We're in Atlanta. Mm. Oh, like in the city? And they're like, oh, like, no, Columbus. Oh, okay. Our metro sprawl is, is It's unreal. half the state. It Columbus is true. doesn't count, though. No. Columbus people, you are not from Atlanta. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, minor, minor, minor rant tangent. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, just the idea of like transplants acting like I feel like that does happen more in places like LA and New York than it does uh, in maybe. like cities like Atlanta. Just like people who are not even close to being from the city, like try to like at, avoid like, oh, where are you from? It's like, no, I've, I've always lived in New York. What are you talking yeah. about? Um, but yeah, um, I then they get into like what I actually thought was. Kind of a decent little, like, lower-key musical number, the Main Street thing, which I wasn't really paying mm. that close attention. I think that might have been, like, a one-taker, like a like a, like mm. a one-er on, on the... Uh, that, I don't remember any, like, cuts. Yeah, I wasn't paying close enough attention for that either, but I think you might be right yeah. to have to rewatch, but... Yeah, but it's uh, it's really... I, I thought that was a very... There's a cute little moment. It was nice. Yeah. It was like, oh, this is my town, and but what, what he doesn't know, but we know, is that she knows exactly the places that he's talking he about. He is essentially mansplaining Main Street to her. <laughs> she already knows. Does it count as mansplaining if he legitimately does not know that she knows Oh, this? no, absolutely not. And okay. I think she, like, asked or something, so that's fine. But, Meadowville? Yeah, What's a Meadowville? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a very fancy urban person. What's a small town? Um, anyway, yeah, so, uh, and then they make plans to meet up, and then they forgot to say where, and you think, oh, no, this is the big, uh, this is the big thing. Nope. 
They correct that mistake uh, immediately, which is, I think, probably even at that time was kind of a romantic comedy cliche of like, oh no, we forgot a crucial piece of information and we don't uh, have cell phones, so we can't communicate the now. The cell phone thing. At that point, I was like, man, this never would work because nope. we just text. Exactly. Although they wouldn't have each other's numbers, I guess. So yeah, that would be the other That would be We'd find other each other on Instagram or something. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, just DM, DM you the location. Hey, where yeah. are we going? Um, and then uh, Gaby kisses the door frame. Very cute. Oh, um, so sweet. I also didn't realize his name was Gaby. I thought it was Gabe and they were kind of teasing him sometimes, mm. but then she only calls him Gaby. So I was like, is this one of those weird like couple things where like <laughs> they instantly only use nicknames? Or I guess Gaby is, that's yeah, how he's like I listed in the, yeah. on IMDb as well. So yeah. whatever. Yeah. So then we get to the Empire State Building. Um, and uh, yeah, the Empire State Building bit, I... Watching it this time, I had completely forgotten that anything happens after that. I thought that was the end of the movie. I was like, damn, this movie is short. <laughs> it actually is pretty short. but It's, it's, not, a, it's, it's not a long movie at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they have that kind of, um, the, uh, the You're Awful, which is like an embarrassingly bad musical number in my opinion. I, cute, but also like, oh my God, we get it. Yeah. Like, okay, we could do like two or maybe three of those, mm -hmm. not 16 I, I get the joke. Yeah. I get the play on words. Let's move on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And also, because I wasn't totally convinced that he liked her at this point. No, like, and, like, Hildy is starting to, for the first time, get annoyed <laughs> with Chip. Which... Rightfully so, I would fair. say. yeah. Um, but, like, he, this is the first time where she's like, all right, can we speed it up now? Can we get moving? Yeah. We've seen it. Can we go now? Uh. Um, but yeah, then they, they make up and then that's that. Um, and then there is finally the, uh, the big meetup at the top and, uh, the hiding from the cops part, which is like, again, one of those hard left turns in this, turns in this movie. There's a couple of, like, this movie is all over the place, but there's a couple of really hard left turns. What turns? One of them is, uh, the extremely aggressive Hildy. Yeah. That's like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting from this movie. Loved it. And then, Throw that to <laughs> It's us. good. And then this one up at the top of the Empire State Building where it's like, we're looking for a guy that looks like a caveman. And he's dangling off of the side of the, uh, 80, what is it, 86 uh, floors or something like that? Good God. I That was, oh, my palms there, were sweating. I that, was, was the, that was the best option was to just dangle your friend over the edge of the Empire State how Building. How did they do that quickly, too? They get out of the air, elevator and they're like, quick, hop over. We'll <laughs> hold on to your hands. No worries. They're sweating. Oh, my God. Terrifying. And that's another, like, this movie changed from, like, a romp around the city mm -hmm. to, like, a romantic, you know, comedy, mm -hmm. whatever, and then into like a evade the police kind of. Yeah, it was. There was some a, a couple different movies kind of stitched together. Here. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, this the more I'm thinking about it, a movie that I haven't seen in years, but this one reminds me of is uh, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Did you ever see that one? I have not seen that one, but okay. yes, it, it does remind me of kind of that genre. There's also like a Chris Evans one of like a day in New York. Mm -hmm. Like there's. Yeah, that day in New York, or I don't know, Nick and Nora's isn't in New York though, right? Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh, is it's, it? It's okay. New York City, and yeah, and it's, it's. I think that like there's a zillion One Night in New York movies, right. and there are uh, quite a few that I was going to bring to this podcast for this mm. very reason, but the more I'm thinking about it, that is definitely the one that I feel like feels the most similar to this oh, okay. one, because like the tone is very kind of similar, and there's lots of like interesting asides with like friends and stuff like that, like mm. the supporting, one of the, the, the key supporting role in the movie I think you should definitely watch it, is one of the funniest, like, supporting character performances Ooh. I have ever seen in any movie. Okay. I don't want to oversell it, but it was <laughs> really, really good. Anyway. 
I hope their infinite playlist does not contain most of these songs. Cause it does not. Thank God. Trash. Thank God. Um, bad title, good movie, I would say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when he's hanging off the edge of the building, that's when the intensity just cranks up to a billion for uh, no reason. Yeah. It's like, this is too intense for this movie. <laughs> this is stressful. That was, yeah. Oh my God. And okay, was the, so Hildy's boss is also with him? Not only Claire's yes. boss is there. Hildy's, Hildy's boss, boss is, is there. involved because she is way overdue on what was supposed to be her last ride of the day. She was supposed to turn in the cab like six hours ago. Right. Um, oh, I got her like, a female cab driver, how revolting. I was yeah. like, ugh, my favorite character. It's good stuff. Um, and so then, then they, this is the point where they decide to really go on the town, title mm -hmm. drop. And they start off at Club Samba Cabana, which I assume was the Copacabana. After Vera shows up, which I kind of yes. thought this might be a misconnection yeah, thing yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. She shows up and then, of course, they all dance together and mm -hmm. go out. Dancing, literally. Dancing, yeah. And they Diegetically out. and not yeah, Exactly. And so this be begins a uh, pretty lengthy sequence of just like bar hopping, basically, mm -hmm. to these different, what, the running gag in this, which I thought was actually kind of funny, was like every bar has the exact same floor show. It's just got a different like international flavor to yeah. it. Yeah. The international, I was like, is this just like a time that like everyone was just like, Oh my God, like show me something from China. Show me something well, from yeah. Italy. Like, and I, I got to see it all. And I don't know this for a fact, but I think that probably, because the Copacabana, I think, opened in like the mid, late 40s. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when the Copacabana opened and it was a very like, this is a South American themed place or whatever with like Carmen Miranda playing and, and things like that. I imagine that probably started a trend of like other bars uh, basically sure. being like, oh, we need to have a thing. We need to have like a gimmick. A country, yeah. specifically. Yeah. So anyway, I, I thought that was kind of funny. That was um, cute, yeah. And uh, the girls are are like kind of setting up like buying them champagne. Yes. So it looks like, you know, they're really trying to gas up the whole like yes. mistern style things, which is really sweet. Claire and Hildy are in, are in on the idea. They, they understand what is happening here and they're really trying to push the idea that Ivy Smith is indeed a local celebrity. Right. Much to the surprise of Ivy Smith. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was that is really great. It's like they're both in on it, and they're like, okay, we got to keep this going for as long as we can. Yeah, which I don't know if you've ever, like, you know, like, if you ever hang out with, like, people who know each other plus their significant others, and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, like, we're all friends, so now you guys have to be friends. Yeah. Like, yep. it was a good, like, they did it really well. I was like, yeah. oh, good, okay, you guys are all being very, like, friendly yeah. very proactive and you know yeah. bringing in this new girl and that was I, that was sweet I was like yes mm -hmm. um one of the great parts about this section that I thought was uh, <laughs> that I totally forgotten about was the craft cocktails gag I was like oh I guess that is a that when like the, oh, the, the when yeah. like the waiter was like oh we've got a this which is this and this and this all thrown together oh my god and that's the chopped chives I was like yes did I hear yeah. the chives? I was like and floating on the top are chopped chives. And that felt like a 2019 joke. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's all mixology. And like, it's got the aroma of, you know, your grandmother's attic, but yeah. mixed with like two cups of vermouth or whatever. And like, it totally had, felt modern. I had no idea that like, overdone mixology was as much of a rampant uh, yeah. plague on the land in the 40s as it is today. Only um, in New York. <laughs> it must, I, I they do, were I'm sure, yeah. 80 years ahead of the game. Yeah, which I think is actually kind of hilarious. It it's was like, I, I assume that was probably also just meant to be like a, like, you know, that was meant to play for like the, the, the more rural and suburban audiences mm. as like a ha-ha, look at this dumb city stuff. Yeah. But, and it's plays the exact same today. So yeah. anyway, um, 
but yeah, and then 11.30 rolls around. Oh my God, 11.30 and Ivy says, I got to split Cinderella style. Yep. I got to get out of here before Coach midnight. turns into a pumpkin. Exactly. Um, so she leaves without a trace and Gaby is left wondering, oh my God, what's going on? Um, and this is definitely the part where I realized that I only remembered the first half of this movie when I made this recommendation. Yeah. Um, so they continue their bar hopping, uh, sans Ivy Smith. And, um, so... But plus... Plus Lucy, Lucy Schmieler. I can't, those C sounds are killing Lucy me. Schmieler. Lucy Schmieler. Who subs in and... God, there is just a cruel gag it's about bad. he like tells his sailor friends like, yeah, I'm here with the most gorgeous girl in all of New York, like blah, 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 blah. she's best, the best. And then Lucy subs out and he mm -hmm. sees his friends again and they finally see her and they're like, oh, okay, hmm. we've got something to talk about back on the <laughs> boat. You clearly have no standards, uh -huh. which was just awful. It was pretty but... bad. It was pretty bad. Um, also during this section, hmm. I uh, wrote something in my notes. I watched this movie two weeks ago before we recorded this. Wow. Um, I wrote down in my notes, weird cowboy gag, and I don't remember what that was in reference to. I think there was something that happened in the, this scene. Hmm. I don't oh, well. remember that. Yeah. That's fine. We'll, like, make some kind of apocryphal <laughs> addition in here. because Yeah, that's... for sure. <sighs> I'll have to revisit that and figure that out. Anyway. Um, and then they have the You Can Count On Me. Um, uh, they basically stretched a dad joke into a into a whole musical number, which was also oh. like, I swear, these musical numbers are often so bad, they were like, they felt I felt uncomfortable just watching them. I was like, you ever like hear a joke so bad that you are like embarrassed oh, yeah. to hear it? That's kind of how I felt. And I didn't think about that, but it really is. Like, the worst songs take, like, a gag and then just and that's beat the it song. to death. And that like, is the song. That is, it's so, it, it's just every verse is, like, a different mm -hmm. dad joke. Yeah. And just, no. It's no good. Didn't no, like no, it. No, no, no. And like I it. didn't, so Lucy also has a verse. Like, they each take a turn with a mm -hmm. verse to Gaby saying, like, you know, no matter what, even if, like... You were hanging, and I'd say, mm -hmm. get me a rope, too. I'm going to hang yeah. with him because you're my best friend or whatever. Like, Again, 1949, folks. I'd, yeah. I'd <laughs> steal my sister's rent and something about my mom, and yeah. then that I would give it to you for your last dime or whatever. And <laughs> then Lucy sings, and I'm like, is this supposed to be one of those, like, ew, like, she's into me, but I'm not into her. Get mm -hmm, away from mm -hmm. me. Or is it supposed to be like, oh, okay, we're, we're building a friendship here. Yeah, it was kind I of unclear. Know. I felt like based on what happens next, I was like, more. it was more like, okay, we're level setting here. This is what's happening. She gets we're what's good. up. She knows. Um, uh, so then, uh, so then she's got to go home, and Gaby walks her home. It's very nice. It's just, uh, just it weird. nice until he said goodnight. Man, he was a jerk. His whole like, listen, Lucy, I've already met the girl of my dreams, but mm -hmm. it's convinced me that you'll meet someone for you. Like, mm -hmm. sorry, I met her before I met you. And all this, right. I was like, okay, that's trash. Just it's be too like, much. It's sorry, too much. I've been such a downer. You've been great. I hope you. Like, find someone for you. Like, mm -hmm, that was mm -hmm. a better way to say that, Gaby, you jerk. <laughs> um, but then we say goodbye to Lucy, and we go into the ballet interlude. A, a musical in three, a, a comedy in three a acts. Day in New York, a comedy in mm. three acts, yeah. In other Ooh. words, a miniature version of this whole movie in music video form. Which this is where the ballet interlude, they always, like, change. It seems frequently, I can't say always, but... There's certain parts of kind of the theme that change that I don't totally get. So, like, if this is supposed to be kind of a summation of the movie to this point in purely ballet form, mm -hmm. 
the characters of Hildy and Claire seem very different. Yes, yeah. And just, and even the friends seem very different. Like the mm -hmm. way it, it's like a retelling in a way that I don't remember that story yeah. happening. And I don't, it, it happens frequently. And I don't totally understand yeah. why. I don't know. I guess it was a little bit like, best thing I can think of is because in Singing in the Rain, it's like, don't even make, it's not the same context. Like it's a right. totally different like sub story. Right. He's pitching a movie in that one right. and it's not even supposed to like, mm -hmm. but an American in Paris, if you've seen that one, they do something similar mm -hmm. and I don't remember it beat for beat, but I think it changed, like this is, the thing that often changes is the women come out as much more kind of conniving, which is what I read into that. Like mm, yeah. the characters okay. of Hildy and Claire, which are a little bit goofy and mm -hmm. just like, you know, after the boys turn into these kind of like seductress types. And yeah, I kind of got that too. Was... I don't know if that was intentional though. I, I saw, I remember what you're talking about, but I don't know if that was really, I didn't really get the vibe that that was intended to be like a malicious kind of like, or not malicious, but like a kind of like schemey sort of a thing. Okay, they read as very schemey to me. Okay, the, And okay. I, I don't understand why. Like, why those things change in general. You know, you maybe know? it could be. I mean, maybe it could be. And it's, this is, you know, this is subjective to uh, Gaby's remembrance of how things are going on. And now, like, the girl that he's interested in is not around. And so he's like, the. It's like. Dumb you know, girls these are These dumb just girls stealing my, stealing my friends. Yeah, yeah. That's possible. probably what it was. That was probably what it was. But, like, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me that, like, he's ostensibly recasting his own story now with, like, unknown faces. Right. And it's just like. And obviously, I'm sure they did that because of just they needed people who could dance, not people right. who could act, you yeah. know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, just the, the way that, like, it just blatantly just, these are different people. Mm -hmm. This is just a completely separate thing. This is just Gene Kelly's thing. Right. I, I guess, like, the unreliable narrator thing mm -hmm. is probably, you're probably exactly right. Like, it's, it is almost him retelling this and, like, those characters just aren't that important yeah. to how he's feeling right now and how, like, he would exactly. relay this story yeah. to someone else. And it's like... I, you know, Gene Kelly and Vera Ellen, fine actors, mm -hmm. good singers, but this is really where they get to just do their thing. Right. Completely unfettered by whatever the, the, the restrictions of the story are. Because they're just, this is like peak Gene Kelly and Ugh. peak Vera Ellen just yep. really going, going nuts. I mean, it's, 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 it's really just kind of like breathtaking to watch. Yeah, the, especially the, um, the interlude where they're doing the like bar, there's two like ballet bars. Mm -hmm. I think there's one. It looks like there's one. Then there's a shadow cast, but the way they're moving, it seems like there might be a second because yeah. they're kind of balancing on top of it and moving over it. It's it's cool, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. it's just one of those things that like you just as much as I love singing in the rain, you couldn't have done with Debbie Reynolds. Like right, this yeah. had to be Vera Ellen yeah, and, and Gene Kelly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like that having two people who are like incredibly good dancers mm -hmm. doing this together. It's like yeah, you're right. Nothing really with Debbie Reynolds and Singing in the Rain comes anywhere close to this in terms of like the, you know, the mastery of craft. You yeah. know what I mean? You get that a little bit with um, the the woman in the uh, Manhattan melodrama or whatever it's called uh, in, in, uh, in the section in Singing in the Rain where it's like that very oh. abstract, mm -hmm. like expressionistic ballet section. Yeah. But, totally. but again, like you, th this is the two leads of the movie mm -hmm. and it's, it, it, there is something I think to be said about just like having the two leads of the movie actually able to like hold their own with each other in something so specific and in such a specific like performance style. Yeah. Which uh, it only was disappointing that because of 
you know, the way the plot is, Vera Ellen was not in that scene very long. Like, no. I was hoping for more. But, of course, yeah, we really, we don't see where she goes off to. We don't mm -hmm. see, this is completely his point of view. Yeah. But, I uh, just... I wanted yeah. more of her in the dancing sequence because that For is sure. what she does. Yeah, and like I, I mentioned this a few times up to this point, but like there were several times that I regretted bringing this movie to the table. But then a great section like this would happen. I was like, this is why I like this movie yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. Because it is so weird and it has its ups and downs big time. But like stuff like this, I'm like, no, this is great. Yeah. Uh, and it's big. It's like yeah. at least when it's misstepping, it's like. It was a choice. Like, yeah. they didn't make a mistake. Oh, yeah. They knew exactly what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, and then we uh, we end up with uh, running into alcoholic Madame Dilyovska in the bar, just chit-chatting about, like, yeah, this girl's got to go dance at Coney Island for to pay to pay for <laughs> pay for me. Otherwise, I'm going to write to her parents in Meadowville, Indiana. <laughs> Just revealing the whole plot. Yeah, Madam Exposition is, <laughs> is what we can call her now. Um, and that triggers the cab chase to Coney Island. And, and she, she just tells him where he, if she cares that much about hair dancing and not getting distracted. Yep. And he's like, wait a minute, where is she? And she's like, oh, she's in Coney Island. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> dumb. But anyway, cab chase to cab Coney chase Island. Cab chase to Coney This is a good car chase. Oh, this car is. chase is it's good. Excellent. Like, there's not a lot of good car chases from this period in movies, in my opinion. But, like, this is a good car chase scene. Oh, yeah. It was, Hildy's a great driver. What great you driver, say? She's yeah. She's a great cab driver. Absolutely. Uh, the cops. Running from the cops. So that near miss with the motorcycles, where the motorcycles have to split. Yeah. It's like, there's no faking that. Like, oh. they, they actually had to do, like, a near. I've always heard that like what old-timey stunt drivers would always say is that like a near miss is 10 times harder than a crash because a crash you just brace for impact a near miss you you got no wiggle room right oh that's so interesting um oh, God, and especially yeah. with motorcycles involved that's extremely dangerous uh, but yeah. um but, but that it was, was a, impressive it was an excellent stunt like that's the thing it's like you don't go into like a mid-century musical expecting good stunt work yeah especially good car stunt work that's this is where like we've got this other movie that's just tacked on mm -hmm. to the other yeah it's a little bit of a frankenstein but it is <laughs> so cool and yeah they get to coney island which i i do oh like the resolution of this movie but there are some really good this whole ending sequence there's just some really great tropes mm -hmm. the guys dressing up as girls yes the, they're doing the some like it hot routine 10 years before some like it hot which totally. is kind of interesting and so so good like uh just hilarious and of course one of the cops is like oh wow look at yeah, her she's the, beautiful there's she that one like dumb cop who's in this movie and like every scene he shows up and it's like he's like he's like the is he smart or is he dumb? It's yeah. like that, like which I always think is kind of a funny kind of a character is like the person where you're like, is he smart or is he dumb? <laughs> and this guy does it really, really well. I thought. Yeah, it was a good character actor. He didn't get enough enough screen time, <laughs> but so they do that. They of course run into Vera Ellen and have the whole like, oh, but I'm just a coochie dancer from Meadowville. And he's like, yeah. you're from Meadowville. I'm from Meadowville. And oh, I don't care. Do you think I would care about who you are? <laughs> blah blah. And he has the whole like. This is not just a one-day fling. This is important. I can yeah. feel it. Which kind of... Because by this point in the movie, I was like, okay, so they got to get back at six. Like, what happens? Is this yeah. it? They're also, just like, this is apparently time. like 4.30 in the morning. Oh, God, yeah. Can you imagine at any time in the 20th century a good time to be at Coney Island at 4.30 in the morning? Honestly, that yeah, I was... Yeah, the time thing. I mean, it's the city that never sleeps. I guess that's what we're supposed to believe. But, like, what 
Yeah. Huge they're... crowd at that Coney Island burlesque show at 4.30, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, all very respectable seeming. Everyone's like pretty <laughs> quiet and whatever. They're very, but... They were a very respectful audience, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and so then, of course, they have to hide, whatever, run. And then the guys end up running themselves right into the paddy wagon. Yes. The yeah. Thing. The Shore Patrol. The Shore, shore Patrol is there. And the yeah. police are there. And they run right in the back of the van. It was very much like... Uh, I think they did that in Raiders of the Lost Ark, if I remember right, where like she runs in the back of the van and it's like, oops, it's full of bombs. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Um, the but, police van and then just... And there's the awesome. impassioned speech, the, the impassioned speech of, of, of all this. And there was that one line about being thirsty for culture, and I was like, you're thirsty for something, but something. it's not culture. That's a joke ahead of its time. <laughs> oh, the impassioned speech. I love a good rabble-rousing, mm -hmm. like, they're totally wrong and they know what they're doing is wrong, <laughs> yeah. but, like, if they could just get the crowd to be on their side, then everything's going to be fine. Uh -huh. This whole thing about, like, they said something about New York hospitality, and I was like, even That's in the 40s, that was thing. never a thing. I'm like, sure that was intended as a joke at the yeah. time. So, it just, it's so good, though. It's just a but, classic, like, what would we be if we weren't hospitable to our boys and the seas and they just wanted to come and go to the museums and of course they saw the dinosaur and got excited and knocked it all over. How could they not? And it was just, uh. Although, there, there are two things about that that I think are funny. Is like, number one, it's it's obviously like a joke because New York hospitality has not, is not and had never has been a never thing. Never has been. And number two, if there is any group of people in the world that has a higher opinion of themselves than New Yorkers. It's not, it, it, like, New Yorkers will accept any compliment about New Yorkers as a group, I would say. <laughs> it's all of us. We are uh, hospitable. You're right. You're right. Oh, gosh. It was so good. And then just like, yep, that's all the law takes. If everyone agrees that this is fine, <laughs> then... Oh, is it illegal to knock over a dinosaur? Uh, Would you go to jail? Probably. I don't know. Destruction of property or something like that. I don't know. Come on. You I should mean, have we put all that dinosaur those, together. We all know most of those bones are fake anyway. It's not yeah. a whole skeleton. Just um, cast another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then that, that was like the equivalent of the like airport security guy letting you through the checkpoint in like a 90s romantic comedy. Totally. That was that moment. Totally. Um, so they get their cop escort to uh, yeah. the Navy Yards and, and then the get movie, their kiss goodbye. Yeah, and then the movie screeches to a halt. The it's end. over. That's it. The movie is just over. No denouement, just ending. It's what? done. It's over with. And are they, like, are we supposed to believe this was, like, forever love? They found themselves? Or is this, like, ah, oh, well, you know, that was a you good know day. They, you know they pulled into, like, Rio or, like, you know, <laughs> Rio, <laughs> and then they just found three new girls, yeah. and it's all happening again. The... Ivy from Meadowville's there. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting, because, I mean, I know that, like, in recent years, like, I know that you can make like ship to shore calls and stuff from like Navy ships sometimes, mm -hmm. like under like certain restrictions and stuff like that. But like, shit. I mean, this is a time where like not like forget about not having cell phones. I mean, like if you when you left port, you got nothing yeah. for like months. That's and I, was, I don't know. They never set up like how long are you guys you know enlisted for? Yeah, right. What does this look like? You going back to Meadowville anytime soon? And I don't I don't know what we're supposed to take from like. Was it supposed to be like a, wow, one beautiful day in New York, and yeah. that is perfect in and, itself. And the cycle continues, because as soon as they get on the ship, the next crop gets off, right. and then it's like, New York, New York! Yeah! So I, I don't totally know what to make of that ending. Yeah. And it, I don't think they did a convincing enough job to be like, hmm, it's up to you, who knows? I, I do think, though, that like that was probably a holdover from the stage musical, where like when the stage musical was produced in the middle of World War II, I'm sure that ending had a lot more weight to it, where it's like, okay, but that's it. Now now the real world, we're back to the real shit again. Yeah. So 
Uh, I'm sure that was probably a much more impactful ending in the stage version, but and Good by point. this point, it's just more like, okay, see ya. Yeah. In six months or something. <laughs> and so they get on the ship. Guys get off the ship. Mm -hmm. They're just gonna be on the ship in port. Mm -hmm. They're just yeah, like, working on the ship in yeah, port. I mean, excuse me for not no, understanding that, that is... how ship leave works, but like, so. Yeah, so they're just like working. They're just it, yeah. Doing it just depends. Like, so and... if I had to guess, the depending on like I I don't know how I don't know that much about how the process works and like down in the weeds or anything like that. But like they gotta have people on the ship at all times because they gotta keep like the daily operations going sure. on like that. So they'll like let's say half the guys off on mon on Monday and then they come back and then on Tuesday the other half guys get the day off and then on Wednesday they all leave. Okay. All right. So, so they're, they're like in... there. It's not like they're constantly like okay. There's a yeah. third shift. There's a. I, that's what I was or, or like, whatever wait, it is. Like I don't. Yeah, time? I don't know how many they would let off at a time, but like that's that's the general idea. Like they have to have a certain you know people on board, and then they can let the other people go, and then mm -hmm. you know. It, so yeah, that. Yeah, so they'd probably be just gone. They'd probably be on the ship. They could probably throw like paper airplane notes at each other for like the rest of the weekend or something. Yeah, right? I don't know. Like, ah, whatever. So like the ship is in port, but they are not allowed to leave. the Correct. ship. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. It just seems like he could be like, oh, I'm just going to hop off real quick. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> the military and, yeah. is probably not that lax with their, you know, rules. But... Right, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so that's the end. Of, that's literally just the end of the movie. It just stops. It just comes to a screeching halt right there. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, a couple of things else about it that uh, I thought was, like, this movie is so loaded with, like, contemporary references that even I was just like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's a it's it's a very strange movie. It's a it really is. weird kind of a movie, but I uh, I still like it. I, I remembered at the end why I liked it so yeah, much. Yeah, it is charming. Uh, contemporary references. Before we move on from that, there is a giant Walgreens in the back of one of the scenes, mm. which I totally appreciated because if you noticed in New York oh, now, yeah. it is covered in Walgreens. <laughs> yeah, Walgreens, CBS, Dwayne Reed, like all those. But like Walgreens is everywhere for so sure for sure it was i was like wow i didn't know it'd been around that long and been that prominent in new york but yeah. apparently it had definitely yeah well they got the old walgreens in uh, downtown atlanta too if you've ever seen that it's over, oh, by, yeah. uh, it's over by five points mm -hmm. um but yeah so that's uh that's on the town and uh i i will definitely say like uh will i recommend this will i even recommend this movie i would recommend this movie very selectively even <laughs> myself even though i brought this selected to the table. parts of this movie selected parts recommend. of this movie for sure it is we could stitch it together yeah. no it's good i enjoyed it it's fun if you like musicals you should check this out but main not because the music is good but because if you like musicals you will have a higher tolerance for the type of movie that this is, I would say. Uh, yeah, I want to listen to the stage mm -hmm. musical, like the the soundtrack from that now, because I'm curious what's the what's the difference. Mm -hmm. Made some weird choices here, but are they are they you know equivalent to the weird choices made right. in the stage play or what? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any other final thoughts before we wrap up here? Um, I think I got it all out. Cool. I like this i think there was kind of i would love to talk more i mean we don't have the time but i'd like to debate the feminist merits of this film because uh. i think they're there i think you could read in a a feminist kind of point of view but i have a feeling other people would not agree and i'd like to like to discuss i would leave it here at that uh, on that argument my only opinion is that the women are basically calling the shots in this movie for they really are 90 percent of the time i would yep. say um, and they and know what they want. They, like they're oh, yeah. women with opinions. Ivy's a little bit of a like you know flower, but it's 
She's got so, she's got yeah. her own she's got her own journey. She's got her own conflict going on. Yeah. She's trying to decide because she does like this guy, but she's like, oh, but I don't know. She's ambitious. She's yeah, making her way. So of yeah, it is. It is quite totally good. yeah. And this is also this is this is this movie is pro women in science. This this movie is pro women in the workforce, and this movie is pro women working in strip clubs. I am yes, saying like, yeah. That's Even not if literally they do all is. those jobs to either meet or get away from men, they still are doing those jobs. They have agency. Yeah. Um, even if one of them is being aggressively stalked for the entire movie. Um, yeah. First half, I guess. Anyway. Cool. And do you have a review? Yes. My three-sentence review. <clears throat> Somehow both emblematic and ahead of its time, On the Town is a good old-fashioned picture that is possibly sexually progressive if you turn your head sideways and squint a little. The soundtrack is a dissonant low point in this otherwise classic Hollywood musical. But Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra leave you starstruck and tapping your toes even two decades after their death. Uh, okay, so what do we have to look forward to next week? Okay, you have a choice of two. Mm. Would you rather watch a movie about finding your place or finding your palace? Ooh, boy. Oh, I will go with Finding Your Place. Okay. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies that I have said for a long time we're going to watch. It's a pretty small indie. It's a Scott Rudin picture, um, Sam Mendes directed, mm. uh, and it has a lot of familiar faces, though. So um, it's a movie about a couple who basically goes on an extended road trip uh, to find where they want to live upon the birth of their child. And the movie is called Away We Go. Kay, have you seen Away We Go with John Krasinski and Mile Rudolph? I have not, but you've mentioned it so many times. I'm actually very excited to see it. I am excited to see what all the, uh, what all the enthusiasm is, uh, is about. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is one that, had, that I've been aware of like, since it came out, okay. but I, uh, I don't know. I just like, never really got a good sense of it. It mm -hmm. felt very much in the vein of like Juno, but like oh, Juno yeah. as like 30-year-olds instead of 15-year-olds. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I do, like even looking at the cover art, it's, there's definitely a similarity, but it's very different. Mm -hmm. I imagine that the marketing was definitely coasting on the popularity of sure, Juno, yeah. which is like something I am very susceptible to, unfortunately, <laughs> is like these movies that come out, or this, this movie came out a year after this other one that was really popular, and it's got a semi-similar vibe to it, so let's just make it look like the exact same movie. Oh, totally, yeah. They're, they all end up in the same mm -hmm. vein in my head. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what you think. It's not... I, I think a lot of people don't know about it. It kind of flew under the radar. It was a pretty small budget, mm -hmm. small, you know, marketed movie, but I just happened to see it feel pretty strongly about it, so I'm okay. excited to see what you think. Great. Excellent. Well, I can't wait. Um, so, yeah, until next week, uh, please do like us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us. Give us a rate, yes. a rating, a review. Five like stars. Five stars. Five stars. Like and subscribe. Five stars. You can give six. Give six. Give but... six. All right. Anyway, Sweet. so, yeah, we will talk to you next week. So, until then, I'm Kyle. I'm Kari. See you later. See you later.